It is Baptism Sunday here at High Point Church, and it's always a special time when we celebrate baptisms. People who are giving their life to Jesus, but sometimes in the Christian context, in the Christian world that we live in, especially if you grew up in it, uh, you might become so familiar with some of these things like baptism or even communion that that the, the power of the moment loses its impact. It's like seeing something so amazing, and you've seen it so many times, you just get used to seeing it. I remember my grandmother, uh, who's no longer with us, she described seeing The Wizard of Oz, and it was the first, uh, the movie theater, the movie house that she went to, was the first movie that was shown there in color. And she said that, it's sitting there, she was a little girl at the time, but she said that people literally stood to their feet and began clapping when color hit the screen. They were so moved by it. They'd never seen anything like it. Well, when we look at things like baptism, there should be something inside of us that wants to rise to our feet, to clap our hands in excitement, in wonder, in amazement at what God is doing in our midst. Baptism is a powerful thing, and that's why there's nothing that gets me more amped uh, than days like today. St. Augustine said it like this. He said that baptism is a sacrament, and a sacrament is an outward and visible sign of an inward and invisible grace. So think about it for a second. I'm going to unpack baptism further for us today, but baptism is an outward and visible sign of an inward and invisible grace, meaning, man, that, that we're, we're demonstrating something that is actually invisible and it's mysterious. And if you're like me, sometimes we spend so much time looking for answers and trying to understand every single thing because that's how my mind works. I want to know how everything works together. But the reality is there is a great amount of Christian faith that is still mysterious. It is wondrous. It's majestic. And that should just capture us. Sometimes have your jaw drop. Amen? So do this. Turn in your Bibles, if you have one with you or on your device, your phone, your iPad, turn to Romans 6. We're going to talk about a, the sacrament of baptism. A sacrament, the, the, the literal word here means a sign of the sacred. And there's nothing more sacred than these moments when people put their faith in Jesus and get baptized. Wes stood up here. And was speaking about baptism as church was beginning. Stole about 90% of my message. I'm very angry about it. But what he said was true. You, we are identifying with the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus when we get baptized. Romans 6. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? 
We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. I remember when I got baptized, I was 13 years old. Now, I grew up in the Church of Christ, and so baptism, if you know anything about the Church of Christ, is a big deal. You don't mess with that. Sometimes it can become a little imbalanced and a little too much of a big deal at times. But, but all that aside for another conversation, I remember riding in my dad's car, shotgun. Obviously, I wasn't driving at 13. But he turned to me and said, son, are you ready to do this? Are you ready to put your faith in Jesus and get baptized? I was surprised by that. In 13 years old, here's my dad, and he's, he just gives the full court press on me right here in the car. And I thought about it, and what he, what he was getting after was this idea that I can't just live my life on my parents' faith. I can't just live my life and, and my worship on the coattails of what my mom and dad think. At some point, I need to make this decision for myself and follow Jesus myself. And he looked at me and he said, son, are you ready to do this? <laughs> I said, yes. Yeah, I am. And we literally drove straight to the church. Called, the, called our family, called our friends. In the Church of Christ, growing up, there, there's, no, there's no waiting. If you're ready, you do it, and you do it now. So we drove straight to the church building, got the waters going. My dad got in the tank, baptized me, cried his eyes out as he did. And it was a celebratory time. And sometimes... In our church world, we, we kind of can dumb baptism down. It's, it's this thing that we kind of plan way out in advance. And, yeah, I'll choose to do it here. Or maybe we just think to ourselves, it's, it's really not that important. It's not a big deal. But we miss the emphasis that Scripture puts on baptism. Every single person that we know of in Scripture that put their faith in Jesus, aside from the thief on the cross, gets baptized as they follow Jesus. Even Jesus Christ, our Lord, to fulfill all righteousness, gets baptized. Romans 6.3 says, Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Jesus were baptized into his death? And so as we're unpacking this this morning, ladies and gentlemen, I want to remind you of three really important things. Number one, baptism is a death. There is a pain that happens in baptism. Oh, there's a joy that we're about to get to in just one second. But baptism is a death. It puts you front and center, your heart and soul, right into the middle of the crucifixion. When Jesus Christ is saying that he died for our sin and you get baptized into his death, you are now identifying fully with the crucifixion that Jesus Christ died for you. 
Although it's not your physical body, it is the nature of you, your sinful nature that you love, that you are choosing willingly by choice to have nailed to a cross, to die once and for all. See, baptism is a, it's a death. But it's not that you're just baptized by his death or close to his death or around his death. Scripture says you're baptized into his death. Meaning you are right up in the middle of it. You're not looking in from the outside. You're not around it. And many of us, maybe you grew up in church and you grew up around Christian things. And the deception is that because you've grown up around it, that you must be it. But if you've ever heard me say, just because you go to chick- just because you go to McDonald's doesn't make you a chicken nugget. Any more than being around Christianity makes you a Christian. It doesn't magically do that. You're baptized into his death. I'm going to confess something this morning. I'm going to. I'm going to get this off my chest. I love, every once in a while, a little Dairy Queen. (laughs) Truth. (laughs) I like that blizzard with the Reese's peanut butter cups in it. Oh, yeah. I know it's not good for me. That's why I can't get one every week. But every once in a while, Amy and I, we will just scoot out. Or maybe if all the kids are in the back seat and they're asleep. Oh, yeah, it's go time. I'm going to drive through the drive-thru. They won't even know what happened. I'll have it done before they even wake up. <laughs> Fact. But you know, what's, you know what's frustrating? I know every one of you has experienced this. I'll take a blizzard, and I'll take the Reese's peanut butter cups on it, and you get it, and you eat the top. And then you're wondering where on earth all the other Reese's peanut butter cups are. You go to Sonic or you go to these ice cream places and they just, they didn't actually get it all the way through the blizzard. They just put a couple on top. And that is really disappointing and frustrating and angering to someone who loves a Dairy Queen blizzard. And as we talk about baptism... Many of us look at faith and we look at baptism and we look even at our Christianity and all we've really tasted and all we've really gotten is a little something on the top. We tasted a little bit of it and then we think we've got it. We think we've experienced it to the fullest. But scripture says that you are baptized in to his death. You're not, it's not just a little sprinkling on top. It's not just a little bit something on the side. Are you looking through the window? It's, it's all the way in. I spend, I feel like, 90% of my life trying to get my children into the room so that I can just speak to them. They're running around all over the place. They're, in one, they're playing with cars over here. They're playing with this. Some of them are outside. And if you're a parent, you know what it's like to try to get your child's attention and get them over here. Get, in, get, get over here, right here, for the love of everything holy in this world. All of you, hear the sound of my voice and get 
in here. And that is what baptism does. Is it takes you and puts you front and center, right into Jesus Christ's death. And you die right along with him. And yes, it's difficult to explain. It is it is both mysterious because it is in a sign, it's an outward sign of the invisible grace. The good news is, is it doesn't just end with death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death. Meaning you didn't just die, you were buried. If you've ever been to a funeral before, if you've ever been to a wake before, you know, there's these moments where you celebrate the life of someone and then you go to the actual burial. And oftentimes it's just those who are the closest who attend that portion of the funeral. But what is the burial for? It's a moment for you to also say goodbye, to have a moment of closure for this thing to be final, but there's also something that happens in a burial, and that, not to be gross, but if we just allow things to be dead around us, they still have an impact on our life. Things begin to stink. Things begin to just get gross, if you know what I mean. And so for thousands of years, people have been burying their loved ones. And when the scriptures say that you died with Christ and now you are buried with him, there is a moment that you must grasp here of finality. Your life of sin is dead, but not only is it dead, you can't even see it anymore. There's no trace of it. It is gone, buried, the the. the, the <laughs> the stone is rolled over the tomb and there is no relationship with you and your sinful life again. It's gone. I'm not saying this morning that you don't ever struggle with sin again, but your, your position to sin and your position before God is forever changed. Your sinful nature is buried. Dirt on top. And sometimes we forget that. And we long for that nature again. And we get our shovels and we begin to dig it back up. And we begin to live out the dead nature again. And you know what? It never works. It always smells bad. It, always, it never functions right. It's always jacked up. It's always broken. It never does what we think it's going to do because it's supposed to stay. Buried. We had a brunch at our house yesterday. I say we. My wife did. I was upstairs being as quiet as possible. There were a lot of people in my house. And when you walked into our home, you probably... I hope you walked in and thought, you know what? The kings have really done a great job getting their house clean. They got four kids. Like, wow. Good job, guys. Way to have your act together. 
And if you had taken some steps up the stairs and walked into our bedroom, you would have seen everything that was sitting downstairs, literally in our bedroom. And a lot of times when we, when we talk about our sin and we talk about burying it, we really are just rearranging it. We're really just reappropriating it to some other place, to some other thing. It doesn't actually die and it doesn't actually get buried. We just, we just kind of reposition it to, to something else. And we're still living out the dysfunction and we're still living out the sinful nature. And what we really need is for that stuff that you just stuck in the closet or put under the bed so that you could look good on the outside What you really need is to be made new on the inside. All of that stuff needs to officially be cut off, died, buried, and gone forever. And in just a moment, we're going to go outside and celebrate with some people who are making this decision not to just take their life and hide what they've, the sinful life, hide it under the bed or store it in the closet. They are willingly choosing to let their sinful nature die and be buried. But the scriptures don't end there because they also say in verse 4 that We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. I love that. Where else in the world, in this galaxy, do you get to take what is jacked up what is broken, what is an absolute train wreck, what's full of pain, despair, and hopelessness, and turn that in and get something brand new instead. What kind of an exchange is that? What kind of a transaction is that? Where do you get to just wreck your car And then just take it in and say, great. And get a new one instead. Now, I'm not talking about insurance that you pay through the nose for. I'm talking about just an even exchange. I would like to trade you my shipwrecked, busted up life for something brand new that functions, that is alive and full of hope and full of God's invisible grace. I'd like to make that trade, please. See, God in his infinite wisdom made a way for you, mysteriously, powerfully, infinitely, to lay down your broken, jacked up nature, to have it die, to have it be buried, and then to come back out of the grave fully alive. And that's what Baptism represents, it is the death, burial, and resurrection of the Christian. 
Let me say that one more time. You go down into the water, and it is the death, and then it is the burial underneath that water, and then you come out alive, new. And there is something mysterious and powerful. Is baptism symbolic? Yes, it is. But you better believe that something powerful is also happening in the Spirit the invisible graces of God at work when you identify with his death, his burial, and his resurrection. It is God's power on display, giving people fresh and new life. Fresh and new. You get to be made brand new. That is unbelievable news this morning. But it's not unbelievable. It's believable by faith. Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, came to this earth to bridge the gap that you could never bridge yourself. You and I and us together Our sin separated us for all eternity from a perfect and holy God. That's what your sin did, and that's what my sin did and does. There was no way we could fix it. There's no way we could make it right. And so God sends his son Jesus to live the life that we should have lived and to die the death that we should have died. He lived what you and I could never do. And he took the punishment that we deserved because of the jacked up life that we lived. And now by faith, we get to put it in Jesus Christ as our Savior and identify with his death, his burial, and resurrection. And yes, by faith, you and I experience the newness of life. We're made new. The old is gone, the new has come. And sometimes, if you've been around this long enough, you take it for granted. You lose sight of the mystery of who God is, the beauty of his plan and purposes in your life. You forget to be full of gratitude for the life, the new life that he's given you. You forget to keep that which is dead buried. And sometimes you just forget altogether that what you gave to him is crucified on that cross. Never to breathe life again. And so this morning, in about five minutes, we're going to begin to make our way outside. And we're going to celebrate with those who are doing this very thing. We had a retreat last weekend. We had two college students put their faith in Jesus and get baptized at the retreat. It was amazing. It was powerful. 
And while we're not here to, to witness it, we are rejoicing now with you for your decision to follow Jesus Christ and for your old life to, be, to, to die and for your new life to begin. And we have three more that are getting baptized today who are putting their faith either in Jesus afresh or for the first time. And we rejoice today in the mystery and power of what God is doing in our midst, in our lives, and specifically in this moment, in your life.